Alex Philadelphia. It takes a lot to make him happy, and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got a hit. Yes! Zali Stable, 132.67, has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 up. Beauty! On the ice with a Gimlet. A Gimlet Hello everybody and welcome back to Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast as we come to you for our clearly once every couple of months episode where we talk about all things to do with the Olympics. We've got a special episode for you today, not because we've actually got another Olympian on the line, we've got two non-Olympians on the line to kind of go back to where we started from to just do a generic, fun, mixed episode of a variety of different topics and just just get the gang back together because we like having the gang back together, including this man because clearly you don't hear this guy's voice that often. It's always myself or some other Canadian guy talking to Olympians, but stuff that you don't want that. You want the original guy, the guy who came on this show. He talked about his love of a variety of different sports and a variety of different things. He he talked about hair, he talked about dressage, he talked about bat horse. I do, of course, speak of the one, the only, Mr. Jared Lubeek. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. It's great to be back. Um, looking forward to the dressage season getting into full swing at some stage <laughs> in the near future. Yeah, so am I. It's been too long. It's just my life without dressage is not worth living, if you ask me. Uh, and speaking of a life worth not living, um, if you don't hear this guy's voice, you probably should be dead because he's awesome and he's Canadian and he's the Canada Games number one non-winning medalist. I do, of course, speak of Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah, I thought that the number one non-winning medalist was Nieben the mascot, but I'll take second place to Nieben any day. Uh, this bloody weird-looking mascot that you've got in a photo, um, which... Uh, can you it's just, an amazing mascot. Can you describe... So, again, just we'll talk about the Canada Games in this episode, but describe this mascot that is posing and looking very creepily at your son right now. <laughs> Well, Nieb- the, the actual, I brought it up here, the actual explanation for what Nibin is, is Nibin is a magical creature created by the summer heat who lives in Manitoba's spirit sand <laughs> desert. Nibin draws his strength from the sun, giving him energy to explore forests, lakes, and fields. Wow. So again, as I said to you off air, they've gone the easy route and basically can't <laughs> come up with an idea. So they're like, fuck it, let's just make something up. <laughs> yeah, or- it was Neither that or Dark Teddy Ruxpin, yeah. and Dark Teddy Ruxpin was taken by Boorang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what was was um, Wendell and what, what were those ones from the London games? They look like giant dildos. Um, <laughs> you know, the was it Wendell and Wexler or something like that? They were, like, made up things as well? No? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it. <laughs> we're very prominent Wendell. Olympic podcast hosts. Uh <laughs> Wedlock in Mandeville. That's it. You know what I'm talking about. 
Nothing beats Izzy. Stop no. trying to be Izzy. Izzy is the king of all mascots, all right? Just literally Atlanta are the kings of that. Um, we've got plenty to cover here, though, uh, on Off the Podium. A lot has happened since, uh, I guess, all three of us together. The last episode all three of us did was our Winter Olympics sort of preview one. And today we're kind of closer to the Winter Olympics than we were last time, but we're really not talking much about the Winter Olympics today. Um, I guess it's sort of just an update. And we sh- I should actually mention... And I didn't mention this to either of you off air, but uh, it's basically been a year since we existed. So this time a year ago, the Rio Games were on. So uh, you know we were we were hanging out daily last year about this time around. Uh, I mean, Jared, uh, I think it's kind of strange to think that this has been a year. How has twelve months flown by? Yeah, you tell me. It's ridiculous. Um, next thing you know, um, Tokyo twenty twenty will be here. Um, We'll be talking about that. Before that, the Winter Olympics. It's just ridiculous how fast it's going. And and Colin, I mean, yourself, uh, you know, you've obviously, one of the things we're going to talk about today, you, you've at least been wetting your appetite for multi-sport events by uh, basically putting on a show for up-and-coming Canadians in the summer sports, which really means you probably had about two athletes hanging around you for the last few weeks, right? Uh, well... I will say some of the records that were set here are double digits for individual athletes. You know which ones are going to show up at the next Olympics. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Th- these last couple of weeks with the Canada Games going on kind of has me revisiting the glory of off the podium one year ago and all this Olympics talk. So I'm excited for what we're going to have coming up in the next year. The best thing that I like is kind of if you check, your, you know, on this day on Facebook or if you've got the Time Hop app where it kind of, you know, shows you what you've been doing on social media over the years and kind of like everything on my time hop in the last couple of weeks has just been Twitter of me on there just, you know, tweeting about the Olympics and just everything. And it just it just makes me sad. I mean, I, I used to always say after Olympics, <laughs> what, that's funny? Uh- <laughs> no, you're like, oh, I'm just revisiting all of my memories. It makes me so sad that my life is so empty. Well, I mean, that's true now that you bring that up. But um, I, uh, I used to say after Olympics that I, I would have sales, severe Olympic withdrawal withdrawal syndrome it's a real condition um and i kind of feel like it it always rears its ugly head when all of a sudden you see these sort of things pop up um i don't know i mean jared do you look at your on on this day thing i mean i I don't know how much you posted during the olympics last year i I think you did a bit on twitter from memory um yeah i check it out every now and then and it's just it is depressing and i think also like it's not just you and your memories but it's also all like the other people that you're following, um, like the Australian Olympic team, um, the Olympic official like Facebook page that's always like on this day 12 months ago, um, and you just can't escape it. Mm, and it's not also just 12 months ago. Like um, there's one of the great ones on Twitter actually, which I recommend everybody follows. I think it's just called Olympic Trivia. They um, post kind of like on this day, you know, eight years ago, you know, Usain Bolt won his first gold. Or on this day, like 12 years ago, they actually posted one during the week. It was like on this day, 12 years ago, uh, well, 13 years ago, um, the swimming race of the century, the 200 meters from Athens, of course, where, you know, Thorpe went up against Van and Hugenband and Phelps. Thought one, of course. Um, but, you know, it's like it was great to kind of relive those memories. I mean, Colin, I don't know if you follow many of those sort of things or, I mean, I don't see you as the type of man who checks his on this day. I mean, you're kind of a live-in-the-moment type of guy. You don't need to look in the past. You've got a good life. 
I pretty much ignore my, every time one comes up for me, I ignore my own. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want to remember my own life, how empty it was a year ago. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but I mean, you, you can't avoid all the other athletes. Uh, pretty much every day over the last couple of weeks, you're seeing some athlete posting, Oh, you know, one year ago, this, it was very sad with Andre de Grasse, you know, posting one year ago, you know, I was the second, second fastest man in the country. And now I'm out with a hamstring injury. <laughs> Well, the fastest man is out with a hamstring injury, you know. So, uh, yeah, bittersweet for some of those athletes. But it, it's it's great to see all these ones coming back. They're like, wow, it's amazing how much was crammed into just two weeks one year ago. Yeah, it's um, sad memories. We live in the past. Well, at least two-thirds of us do, uh, apparently. Um, but uh, on this episode, again, lots to talk about. I think we, we're going to start off with, we had, um, you know, one main retirement. We, we're kind of going to lump two into this because we realise another prominent athlete also is sort of retiring but um you know recently we've had the world swimming and the world athletics championships we'll talk about them of course uh very shortly but the big one the big main one the main man the man that everybody loves um and if you don't well then you're a dickhead um usain bolt uh he's he's hung up the shoes he he retired from the recent world athletic championships uh in london that was his final meet sadly they can't entice him to come to the gold coast at scenes of the commonwealth games we'll talk about those of course uh, in this episode as well, but uh, I'll start with you, Colin. He's done. He's gone. Uh, no more Usain. What What are we going to do with ourselves now? I, I feel like we need to retire this show. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think we went through all of our opinions on this during his last race in Rio, and really, I don't think anything has changed. Um, but it's still worthy of its own episode. I feel it's 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 such a huge event. I mean, this is going to be like you know. Muhammad Ali retiring. It's it's Wayne Gretzky retiring. It's like the biggest athlete in the history of this sport. Uh, for me, more than anything before, I could even get into you know how it was watching these races. I just have to say how frustrating it was for me. You know when it was the uh, end that 100 meter final, and I was watching it. I, I timed it so I could watch it live and not have anything spoiled. And my wife was busy doing some of the time, and she doesn't really care most of the time with this. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, Bolt is race. She's like, okay, let me check that out. Or DeGrasse is race, and let me check that out. So I told her, I'm like, it's on now. Do you want to come watch it? He goes, oh, just pause it for a minute. I'm like, I don't want to pause it. I'm watching it live. And she says, no, I want to see this. I paused it, and of course my phone dings. And I'm just looking to see what it is, not thinking I'm going to get a notification that quick. And Justin Gatlin upsets Usain Bolt. I'm like, I scream. And she's like, what? I'm like, I just had a spoke for me. I told you five seconds ago this would happen. Oh, so disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I'll be absolutely honest with you. I uh, I didn't see anything for it until I woke up and saw the news myself. Um, I'm obviously not that much into it uh, outside of the Olympics as you are, but I'm glad at least one of our hosts cares about this sort of stuff. Um, Jared, did you... I mean, you, were you in Egypt when this happened? Because we should mention you just got back from Egypt, so I'm guessing that's where you were when this race was on. Yeah, it might have been right after I got back, I think, actually. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a big event and i suppose i'm so so disappointed because we've lost a 100 meter athlete that i actually like and that's really rare because sprinters in general are just idiots Um, (laughs) hello sprinters listening (laughs) to, to just lose an athlete who just is incredible has class and is entertaining and and makes you want to watch that um it's just it's it's a real shame. 
it's. I mean, the thing that I always saw, thought about sprinters. I mean, you, all the, the Olympics. Every time they're on, you always, you know, watch hundred meters. It's kind of the blue ribbon event of the Olympics, and you, you get to know these, you know, larger than life personalities. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, you both remember Maurice Green, like you know, Sydney 2000. You know, just kind of how much of a bigger deal he was, and then even, uh, you know, obviously Donovan Bailey for you, Kyle. I mean, I remember Donovan Bailey and all that kind of from. Atlanta and, you know, Michael Johnson and people like this, you remember their names and that, but and I guess some of them aren't necessarily idiots. I kind of like Maurice Green still. Uh, do we not like him? Or I mean, I don't know what his reputation is all these years later. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, Usain Bolt just transcended the sport. I mean, it's kind of everybody. He's one of these, yeah, like Muhammad Ali-style athletes that everybody knows who he is. And I know we kind of talked and compared him and, you know, Michael Phelps last year, and as, as a lot of people do. But, I mean, while Michael Phelps is off racing digital sharks, like, a sane bolt is just being a sane bolt. I mean, this guy is just, in all seriousness, when I say if you don't like him, you're a dickhead, you probably are a dickhead, because, like, he's he's the Hugh Jackman of sport. Everybody loves him. Who's one person yeah. who does not like Usain Bolt? I mean... Colin, have you ever met anyone? Just Jamie probably doesn't like Usain Bolt. I don't know. No, Jamie loves Usain Bolt. Everybody loves Usain Bolt. I mean, you would think the only person on the planet that wouldn't like Usain Bolt is Justin Gatlin. And who bowed before Usain Bolt after beating him for the first time? Hmm. Justin Gatlin. So, I mean, Justin Gatlin loves Usain Bolt. Well, that's because his drugs hadn't kicked in just yet. So, he's a bit of a downer. Or they had kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was very high at that point. Um, but, yeah, we, we should admit, like, sadly for he, for the fans and everybody out there, he didn't go out on a high. He got bronze in the 100 metres. Justin Gatlin won it. And uh, I guess I, I don't want to say controversial because, I mean, it, well, it was controversial in many ways. Obviously, Justin Gatlin is a very polarising sprinter. I mean, he's, what, been done for drugs twice, isn't it? And yet here he is still running. I mean, the guy is also, like, he's, is he in his... Late thirties, mid thirties. How old is he? I mean, he's, he's at least mid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we you sort of talk about, um, you know, the fact the same Bolt won three gold in a row at the Olympics. I know the same Bolt was at in Athens, um, and he just didn't do that well. But I mean, you know, this is a guy who won the gold in Athens, and uh, basically he's medaled at every Olympic since, if I'm not mistaken, or did not get a medal in London, perhaps. But I mean, he's been. I mean, he was banned for Beijing. Oh, yeah. he's banned for Beijing. Everyone one. that he was allowed to compete. But I mean, you, you think about that. Like, that's a for a sprinter. I, I don't know if I'm just picturing guys at a certain age still being able to run and still being able to win. I mean, he's how old is he, Colin? Uh, do you have that in front of you? Thirty-five. Or, Thirty-five, and you can still win a hundred meters. I mean, that's how's the grass? Like what? Twenty-five or twenty? Two or 23. There you go. I mean, this guy is older than us, and he's still able to run 100 metres fast. I mean, I, I couldn't run that when I was, like, at my peak athletic ability, which has never happened. Well, I mean, the other thing is that you look at certain sports like swimming where, you know, people will compete in three, four Olympics, maybe because of the age they start at. It is different with sprinters because they kind of peak in college, and then it's usually post-college university is when they really strike it big. You talk about, like, Donovan Bailey, Maurice Green. I mean, these guys were kind of like one Olympics. I'm not going to say flash in the pan because that's kind of downplaying their success, but that's just the way the sport is. It's unlikely for somebody to have success in back-to-back Olympics if they do, certainly not three in a row. For Justin Gatlin to even compete in this many is kind of crazy. Well, Maurice Maurice Green won bronze in Athens from memory, did he not? Uh, I know he did get another medal uh, after his gold in Sydney, but, um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that because, like, I looked, I 
didn't know too much about how long Justin Gatlin had been around for. So when I kind of looked him up the other day, and I'm just looking here. So, I mean, um, he's won in the Olympics, at least, a gold, two silvers, two bronze, the world championships, three gold, five silver. So this, uh, he won gold, obviously, this year, and he last won gold in the 100 metres at the world championships in 2005 in Helsinki. That That's crazy to think that you can kind of go that far between. I mean, Jared, you've obviously got a very high esteem netball career, but, like, I mean, are you playing netball better now than you did 12 years ago? Um, did you play well, netball 12 years I ago? I wasn't playing netball 12 years ago. <laughs> there but, you go. What were you playing 12 yeah. years ago? <laughs> 12 years ago. is G.I. Joe's? Around when I started playing tennis. <laughs> there you go, tennis. Okay, do you, do you play better tennis now than you did 12 years ago? I would say better now than 12 years ago, but probably not better now than, say, five, six years ago. Wow. It's it's crazy. I, don't, I can't think of anything that I'm better now at than 12 years ago. Uh, I want to think radio, uh, but clearly that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> They can listen to my stuff 12 years ago. Uh, you know, there was an innocence about my voice back then. Uh, now I still sound like a 13-year-old girl. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, even the same Bolt. I mean, how old's Bolt? He's 30. I should really have this in front of me. I do. Uh, he's 30. Um, so, I mean, he's, what, six years younger than uh, Justin Gatlin. Uh, four, four years. Oh, I don't know. I can't do math. Uh, no, six years. That's right. Fuck. He's younger. He, well, he, yeah, he's younger than Justin Gatlin. <laughs> and, and is Justin Gatlin retiring? Do we know this? or? Uh, like Again, that's the other thing you'd speculate on. Because here's the thing. I I didn't really like Justin Gatlin until he won this race. And as frustrated as I was that Bolt couldn't go out on top, it was the way that Gatlin handled it, where he did bow before Bolt. And he looked happy for the first time in his entire career, at least since the last time he was high. But <laughs> it, it's just... It was weird the way that he bowed. It was almost like he didn't care about winning the gold. He just wanted to beat Bolt at least once. And that's kind of the way that I saw that. So nothing's been announced. But I would guess that Gatlin will want to step down because do you want to end up being a Bolt? And and I'm not disparaging Bolt at all. I mean, the guy's the greatest ever. But do you want to be the guy who goes out on a bronze and a hamstring injury? Well, he'll be, he'll be 38 if he continues on to uh, Tokyo. Uh, and look, this is meant to be talking about Bolt, not Gatlin. But um, uh, look, we'll come back to Gatlin because I feel like we need to talk about Bolt more here because there is a serious question I want to ask about uh, Gatlin. But I mean, look, you cannot go past Bolt's achievements. I mean, just l- let alone everything. I mean, looking here at just his medal record, these are from major events, uh, you know, not like the Jamaican Junior Under-17 Championships, but I'm sure he's won like 50 gold medals in. Uh, but I mean, overall, so 23 gold, five silver, one bronze. That is in all, so they're the Olympics, the World Championships, World Relay Championships, the CAC Championships, Commonwealth Games, World Junior Championships, World Youth Championships. There's a difference apparently between the World Junior and the World Youth. Uh, I, I don't know how that works. Um, I mean, one thing we, I think we probably have not mentioned on this show, which has happened this year, he did get one of his gold medals taken away from him, uh, in the Olympics, sadly, because, uh, the Beijing 2008 4x100 meter relay team, one of his teammates, tested positive so sadly he technically isn't a three for three for three although you know he did do it all but i mean olympics alone eight gold medals no silver no bronze uh world championships 11 gold two silver one bronze uh again i didn't realize the world relay championships were a thing but he won a silver in those 
his worst performing ones. Um, the CAC Championships, which are the Central American and Caribbean Championships, uh, one gold, two silver, uh, sorry, zero silver, zero bronze. The Commonwealth Games. Now, it's kind of interesting to think that the same bolt, obviously Jamaican, Jamaica's part of the Commonwealth, and you would assume that, like, that's where you'd want to cut your teeth in because that's kind of where you're up and coming. That's the almost like the Canada Games for the Commonwealth, except we take it probably a little bit more seriously. Um, he's only ever won the one gold, and that was in Glasgow uh, three years ago. He went in the 4 by 100 meter relay. So he's never actually won the 100 meters in the Commonwealth Games, because clearly he's a lot better than the Commonwealth Games are. Um, and World Junior Championships, a gold, two silver. World Youth Championships, one gold. Uh, I mean, Colin, are there, is there anybody out there you can even compare that to in the sport of athletics? I mean... Just it's it's a ridiculous record, and particularly yeah. the the majority of these medals are gold. It's not like he spread this around. I mean, twenty three out of his uh, what's that twenty eight career medals in major championships are gold medals. I mean, I'm just looking right now at all of the Olympic gold medalists in one hundred meters, and the only person to ever even win two of them was Carl Lewis in eighty four and eighty eight, and. Of course, in 88, it was actually, you know, the, the Canadian Ben Johnson that was stripped of the gold for the testing positive for steroids. But I think it was afterwards that even came out in 88 that six out of those eight runners all tested positive for some type of drugs. So, like, okay, Carl Lewis won two back-to-back, but, you know, is it really against the same competition? Bolt won three in one event, not to mention all the other ones you mentioned. Uh, no, there's nobody who's ever going to be able to duplicate this. Uh, you know, at this point... There's a couple of runners that are, you know, if Gatlin sticks around, this is basically the one great race Gatlin ran in the last couple of years. So I don't really think that he's even on the radar. You know, there's Andre DeGrasse. There's this other American, uh, Christian Coleman, who I think won the silver. Like, they're up and coming. But again, you're not going to reach this type of height that Bolt had. I mean, the guy is unbeatable. It's, it's crazy. Like, you can't even put into words how incredible these records he set is. Because there's other people out there like Phelps who, okay, Phelps won however many medals, but it's in a sport where you can win that many. I mean, most runners won't even run the one in 200 meters, let alone win both of them and the relays. It's just, oh, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I can't think of anybody else alive right now or even in, in history that could have duplicated what he did. Anyone you can think of, Jared, or anybody that you could put in the same league as kind of Bolt's achievements? No, I don't think anybody comes close. And I think the thing that always astounds me and, and will continue to is the fact that in so many of his races, probably like 90%, he's ahead by so much and he slows down before the line. Like mm-hmm. so, <laughs> he, he never has to like run like flat, like the whole way through. He's always ahead. He has time to look around. He slows down. And it's just, you think of how fast he could go if he was running flat the whole way to the line, but he just doesn't need to. And it's just, it's yeah. insane. I think he came out, didn't he, in, in an interview recently, said he had a regret. It might have been Beijing or... There's one of the ones that he said that... Actually, it wasn't even him. There was somebody... I can't remember what it was. It might have been Michael Johnson, actually, in the interview. They just said it was frustrating because you could see in... Probably was Beijing that he pulled up at a certain point and, like, he would have done, like, a 9.2 or something ridiculous like that had he not. Um, but, I mean, that's part of his appeal, isn't it? That he's so bloody yeah. good that, I mean, the guy can break a world record while basically walking over the line. <laughs> I mean, well... I mean, there's two memories that stick out for me. One is, I think, I can't remember which race it was in London. It may have even just been one of his heats, where he was, like, well ahead of everybody else. And he slows down, like Jared said, in the last couple of meters. 
and turned so he could smile at the camera across the finish line. <laughs> and it didn't bother him about his time at all. And that the other one was, I think, in real last year. Uh, again, I think it was in the semifinals where he was kind of taking it easy. And then he turns and looks into grasses right next to him. And only then does he really pick up the pace. Yeah. You see those two things with Bolt. You'll see him go and then slow down a little bit when he's like, you know what? I've got this one. I can relax a little. Or, hey, somebody's pushing me. Now I'll kick into high gear. Uh, I don't know if we've ever seen Bolt run as fast as he can run. And that's kind of the other great thing about him is that, you know, there's this mystique where he's the fastest man who's ever lived by far. And you're always sort of questioning, like, he could be faster, but he wants to look good doing it more than he actually wants to do it. And that's what you want. Like, he ticks all the boxes from somebody you want to kind of admire in, in sport, you know. Like, I mean, the, I know we did it last year. You've already done it this episode, Colin. But, I mean, it's just the Muhammad Ali comparison. It's just because, you know, he's charismatic. You know, he's good looking. He's just fun. He just goes out there and just... He just is the type of guy that, you know, everybody just wants to hang out with and everybody wants to be with. And just, like, he's just... He ticks everything. He's just the most awesome human being pretty much on the entire planet. <laughs> I mean, we can also add to that. Is there any other runner in history that is instantly recognizable even if you don't follow the sport? I, yeah, I mean, that's, I would doubt it. Probably not. I mean, that's kind of going back to, I think, just putting the sport of athletics on the map. I mean, we had, uh, earlier this year in Australia that, uh, what was it, Jared, like a lightning series or whatever the hell that yeah, thing was? Yeah, Nitro. Nitro, yeah, thank you. And, uh, I mean, look, Athletics in Australia, really, I mean, it's, you know, outside the Sally Pearsons and, you know, those sort of people, we don't really follow it that much. But he, they got Bolt to come down for these Nitro Athletics events, and it was like primetime TV. You know, it was on the major networks being showed, you know, in prime time. And I cannot think of a time at all, even the peak of Kathy Freeman in this country, you know, that that was a thing. So, uh, I mean, just such a big deal. And, I mean, just you going on there about... Um, you know, Carl Lewis winning two uh, 100 metres in a row. I mean, you've also got to look at the fact that not only did Bolt win the 100 metres three years in a, three Olympics in a row, he won the <laughs> 200 metres three Olympics in a row. Yeah. I mean, that's just insane. And I, I've got a list here just looking at uh, Olympic athletes who have won the same event multiple times in a row. And, I mean, you've had the three athletes who have won the same event four times in a row, uh, all American, uh, all in uh, two in athletics. Obviously, Carl Lewis won the long jump four Olympics in a row, and Al Orta won the discus throw four years in a row, and Phelps, uh, the 200 meter individual medley four Olympics in a row. But the rest, the three years in a row, uh, three Olympics in a row, I mean, it's just you look at some of these events that they win, and you would have to argue that nothing is more difficult than 100 meters uh, mm-hmm. sprint to win. I mean, you know. Petri Karpin won the single skulls, three Olympics in a row for Finland. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not discounting rowing, but, I mean, you know, uh, figure skating? Don't you disparage the great name of Petri (laughs) Skull, was it? (laughs) (laughs) The great great name of um, Sonia Henny won the figure skating three Olympics in a row, uh, the female singles. Um, and of course, I mean, great Dawn Fraser, of course, obviously won the 100-meter freestyle three Olympics in a row. Uh, I mean, I can't even win, like, three games of swimming on a, an Olympic video game in a row. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't know. What else can we say about Bolt, Colin? I mean, am I missing something uh, here? I don't know. We're just well, gushing yeah, I mean, about him. The only thing we could really talk about is whether he would be done after this, because to have such a great career, and you know, we talked about Rio, should he come back? are you running the risk that you're going to flop in the world championships the next year? And that's kind of what happened. And 
I mean, for anybody to walk out with a bronze, that's great. But this is Usain Bolt. If he had won, I think, even a silver in the relay, it would have been a little bit different. But here you have a guy who struggled the first time we've ever really seen him struggle in the 100 meter and win a bronze. And he still was celebrating out there on the track. You know, he he was hugging Justin Gatlin, his arch rival, and he was happy. Okay, well, I'm the guy who can still win a medal but pass the torch. And then the fact that he had to pull out of the relay. It's just such a sad ending, and he just walked right off the track. He didn't stick around. And this is London. This is for him as big as running in Jamaica. You know, that that's his track, and it was sold out. And for him to just kind of walk out, it, you almost have to wonder. I know if any athlete has ever really been very firm in saying, "I'm going to step away from the sport right now. I'm I'm not going to be one of these guys who just keeps coming back. It's going to be both." But you have to ask, like, can his pride take that? You know, is he okay? With the guy, the guy who wants to win, even if he doesn't have to put in the effort and wants to kind of have this style to it, is he okay with the lasting image being a hamstring pulled and he runs off the track? Do, do we want him to come back, though, and perhaps risk that legacy? I mean, Jared, do you want to see him come back and bounce back from that image of, as Colin was just saying, or do we kind of just want this to... You know, I mean, because I mean, I don't think it really tarnishes his legacy that much. I mean, it's you know, one bronze and an injury out of fifty hundred gold. But I mean, would you want to see him return one more time, Jared? I would like to see him back one more time, but I think that's just—it's always going to be that way. Like whenever it's a, whether it's official or not, like it's just always—it's your same bolt. You're just going to want to see him run again. Um, I do get the feeling. I just have a feeling that he won't. To me, he seems like such like a laid back, kind of relaxed character that I don't think it doesn't seem to me like the type of thing that would niggle at him and and get on his nerves. Well, well Justin Gatlin, I think, came out in an interview and basically was like, "Yeah, he's coming back." <laughs> I probably pinging on ecstasy or something at some point there. Gatlin um, probably doesn't even realize he was talking about. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, my 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 biggest idol, my biggest you know hero was uh, Formula One driver Michael Schumacher, and and he sort of you know, broke all records, you know, often considered as the greatest Formula One driver of all time, retired in 2006, and then kind of he came out of retirement to race three more years between 2010 and 2012. Didn't really live up to the hype. I mean, he didn't win any races. He was only on the podium one time, and some people often called his return disappointing. But, I mean, as a fan, I was glad to see him back. It was disappointing not to see him go on to win races. There's a lot more circumstances in Formula One than just running in a straight line for 100 metres, so it's a little bit different to compare. But I, for one, as a fan... was glad to see him back to have that opportunity to see him race one more time and I'm sure that could be the same with Bolt I think the difference is is that um, you know it's it's a sport where where Formula One a lot of it can come down to the machinery you're driving this really comes down to your ability of running very fast and I think the yeah. difference here is that you you kind of don't want Bolt to come back in a few years and oh fuck he's slow now he's being beaten by you know Jared Lubick's outstanding new sprinting career which we never saw coming <laughs> Um, uh, well, here's here's the other thing. It's not even so much about whether I think his legacy is damaged because I mean fans are going to remember him no matter what. But it's it's the way that Bolt's going to I think look at himself going out. Uh, the only ones I can really compare it to would be Michael Phelps and Donovan Bailey. You know, you look at Michael Phelps. It's not like he went out on a if if he had gone out in London. It's not like he went out on, you know uh, on a sour note. Uh, comparison to his earlier games maybe but he was still top of the sport and yet he felt compelled to come back because he wasn't happy with that being the end of his career he's like you know I was kind of messed up at the time Uh, I wasn't giving my all I had some attitude problems I wanted to go out and be 
you know, the good team player and uh, go out with a love for the sport. I think if there's anything that's going to bring Bolt back, it would be that. It's that he wouldn't be happy with this being the end of his career. Uh, the other person, like I said, was Donovan Bailey. And I just remember, you know, after Donovan Bailey won in Athens, it was all well, Donovan Bailey versus Michael Johnson, you know, 100 meter versus 200 meter, who's the real fastest man. And Donovan Bailey campaigned hard to do uh, an exhibition against Michael Johnson. And it happened. And it was like a huge crowd, huge deal, televised live. And Michael Johnson pulled out halfway through the race. And Donovan Bailey got so bitter after that. Even though he won, he got bitter just because like he wanted that glory of knowing he was the fastest man alive. And for years, Donovan Bailey, he had injuries after that. And it was kind of just like his reputation near Canada was, well, he's really bitter. And now he's kind of turned around. But you know that uh, there's the pride for runners where they want to go out on top. And I also think, I mean... Anybody can hang up the boots or whatever you retire. And, you know, at that point in time, you are 100% done. You're never going to see him again. But, I mean, it's not uncommon for... And, I mean, you look at Ian Thorpe, our, you know, Australia's greatest Olympian. He attempted the comeback. Sadly, didn't really do that well. But, I mean, I don't think Jared Australia holds anything against Ian Thorpe. I mean, Ian Thorpe's kind of always been beloved. He's extremely beloved now, I think, since, uh, you know, all this personal life stuff has come out and he's... Uh, He's now the face of the whole Yes campaign for our plebiscite, isn't he? So, I mean, clearly Australia still loves Thorpey, even though he kind of sucked when he tried to come back. Yeah, I think, if anything, it kind of endeared him a bit more, I think, just seeing him as, I suppose, human, which upsets, I suppose, some people, but just the fact that he was willing to kind of put himself out there and and the fact that he owned that it it didn't go the way that he wanted it to. It, it, you know what baffles me? This is kind of sidestepping, but uh, I'm sure, you know, you remember growing up sort of late 90s, early 2000s when Thorpe was a thing and Grant Hackett, you know, and you kind of had this, like, rivalry between the two, even though they eventually, you know, one went on more for the distances and Thorpe stuck with the, the sprinting. But, you know, back then it was kind of always perceived that, you know, Thorpe was... I mean, he was beloved. Everyone loved him, but I, I know there was kind of always a bit of report that he was slightly a bit arrogant and, you know, not as easygoing as a Hackett. Hackett was the nice guy. Everybody loved Grant Hackett. And now, you know, uh, no one ever calls Thorpey arrogant. Thorpey's just even more of a legend, and Grant Hackett's kind of punching his brother and uh, going to rehab every week, isn't he? Um, I don't know. What's what's Has Hackett punched anyone this week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Has he been on any flights recently? (laughs) Colin, just to put that into context, uh, he got, like, what, kicked off a flight because he got into somebody's face and he punched his brother and then, like, abused his family and went off to America to go to rehab. He's had a few troubles um, since he's retired. Let's just put it that way. I I love Grant Hackett. Can I just say, I I won a swim clinic when I was, like, I think 11, and I got to, like, in this pool, and it was great. Like, he was amazing. I found a photo, actually, the other day of me and him when I was, like, 11 years old. And then I interviewed him for The Brink uh, many years ago, and it has the distinction of being the one interview that I've never been able to air because it didn't record, and I couldn't get him back on the line again. So that was awkward. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Grant Hackett, bit of trouble, but I still like him. Uh, you don't have to add anything there, Colin. You don't know who he is, do you? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know lots of people who have abused their family and gone to rehab. <laughs> Glad we can find some context there. Um, I mean, look, feel free to mention anything more about Bolt. I mean, I just wanted to quickly say with Justin Gatlin, uh, I mean, it's a wide-ranging wide ranging question. You could do a whole episode on this. The guy has been found guilty twice. He's been banned. I mean, this he got completely booed when he won that 100 metres. Obviously, a lot of that can come down to, you know, Bolt losing. But, I mean, look, I agree with you, Colin, what you said. I mean, he handled it very well. Again, I don't know if he was, you know, high on drugs or low on drugs or whatever, but... I mean, 
should an athlete be able to come back after two banned doping substances like that? Because I mean, no. you know, you look at some other sports and you're you're done for life. Uh, so why why is he allowed to basically keep going? And I guess Lance Armstrong would never be able to come back again. I don't know. Uh. It seems like maybe because of how big the sport is and how much attention there is worldwide for it, that maybe they give a little bit of leeway that they wouldn't give in other sports. Uh, yeah, just all around. Uh, I, I, and again, I'm not complaining because, as I said, I kind of had my first appreciation for Gatlin and watching this race. And I'm glad that you know at least myself as a, a viewer can go out appreciating what he was able to do, you know, clean as well. But like maybe one strike and i'm not even saying like three three strikes is too much but two strikes for sure you should be out jared uh what's your thoughts on the whole thing yeah i agree and particularly in a sport that's had like its big troubles in the past and, and probably continue will continue to have into the future i would say it's just i think i think similar i think one time yeah, i mean even that's bad but sure give them a, a ban for a period of time but i think twice it's kind of you've pushed the envelope you've got course, caught twice like clearly the first time didn't do anything to deter you from from doping again so i think by that time you should probably just be out for life yeah i agree with both of you uh i think it's um it's obviously a touchy type subject and maybe we can do a whole episode on it one time i've just actually quickly here i've noticed on the same bolt wikipedia page if you look underneath uh, his name it says usain redirects here for the organization with the acronym usain see united states agricultural information network so um, <laughs> we wish all the best to United States Agricultural Information Network Bolt uh, in whatever he does uh, in the future. But, I mean, obviously, the World Athletics Championships are in London. Uh, this is where Bolt obviously hung up his boots. And we also did have the uh, World Swimming Championships. Uh, World Athletics Championships, I guess we should also mention Mo Farah, um, sort of retired. Uh, he's uh, not doing his distance events anymore because he wants to run longer. Uh, he's doing the marathon now. I, I know we kind of, uh, I guess Mo Farah is not a bigger deal as as the same Bolt. I mean, we still know who he is, and if you're if you're listening to us in the UK, obviously he's a very big deal. Uh, just quickly, Jared, I don't know if you've got anything to add on Mo Farah. I mean, were you a Mo Farah fanatic, or did you just not give two shits about the guy? Uh, a bit in the middle, to be honest. Like I prefer the the distance running, if you can call it that, when it's still inside the stadium. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that these uh, top athletes so often, like their retirement comes after not, I mean, their best result. Whereas if you have somebody who kind of flukes it, then I think they're more likely to, hey, they fluked it, they never, they know that they're not going to do any better than that, and then they'll sort of retire in a high note. Mm. Uh, Jar- uh, Colin, sorry, do you, do you have anything to add on, on the Mo? Well, I do happen to follow Mo Farah on Instagram, so I'm oh, a fan. You're his bestie <laughs> then. Uh, <so. laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I, I think in a way... Like we're saying, it's not as big of a deal as Bolt. If you're in London, it is. I mean, Mo Farah is a god there. Uh, and he's pretty much the closest thing to Bolt as far as success in his, you know, uh, you know, 5,000, 10,000 meter races. I mean, just back-to-back medals every time he goes out. I think the result he had is similar to Bolt in that he's definitely not going out on top. But I'm betting that Bolt would have been much happier with winning the gold in one and bronze in the other as opposed to bronze and then a hamstring injury. So maybe Mo Farah goes out a little bit closer to being on top. Uh, just, I think the greatest thing for me is just remembering 
in London, the reaction that he got, not to mention the, the reaction he got just last week. I mean, it, it's crazy. And again, I love the charisma. He's not the same as Bolt. It's very different, but like huge amount of charisma as well. Um, I love how he always gets his family out there involved. And uh, you just love his wife. Yeah, that's I mean, why. <laughs> she's she's not. I follow her on Instagram as well. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i mean at least we still have him in sport in general and it will be interesting to see if uh he can uh if this success can kind of transfer over to a full marathon yeah it's going to be interesting i mean his achievements i mean he he went out uh with a gold and silver in london uh, gold in the 10,000 and uh, silver in the 5,000 uh and basically he won gold and silver in both the 5,000 and 10,000 uh, every year in the World Champ since 2011. Uh, obviously, double gold in London and Rio in both the five and 10,000 metres. Um, and, I mean, yeah, just an amazing athlete. He, he also is one of these ones who is too good for the Commonwealth Games. He didn't even win a medal in any of them, it seems. Um, and I do love here on his Wikipedia page, uh, you know, you've got birth name, nationality, born, you know, what, you know, all this sort of stuff. And you've got monuments, uh, which include Madame Tussauds London wax sculpture in Marylebone. Cool. Uh, oh, <laughs> good for you. Can't him. wait to go and see it. Exactly. So uh, we'll see how Mo Farrow uh, goes there, obviously, in the uh, the, the marathon career. But uh, athletic side of things, so uh, for our great nations, at least when it comes oh. to our, our medal performance, how did Canada go? Colin? <laughs> this, oh, you know, it's it's funny because there are legitimate reasons why Canada did poorly. You know, the, the World Championships, uh, I think 2001 was the last time that Canada walked away without a single medal. And we were going into this, like, Andre de Grasse for one, huge. And I, there was a bit of a controversy, which uh, I don't know if it made uh, news anywhere outside of Canada. But during during the last... <laughs> um, in the last races prior to the world championships, you know, I guess the world champion is allowed to choose his competition and he excluded DeGrasse from one and DeGrasse got all upset about it. And I guess figured, well, I'll get him at the world championships. And then DeGrasse like a week before the world championships, you know, messed up his hamstring. So he was out. I mean, obviously we would have had something if DeGrasse was there. Uh, some of the athletes we had, like uh, in the high jump, Derek Druin won the golden uh, Rio I think he ended up with some type of virus, a stomach virus when he was there, which I, from what I understand, plagued like a lot of athletes all over, not just Canada. It's not like <laughs> it's a maple syrup virus or something, <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of sickness there. And, you know, Sean Barber, our pole vaulter, who was the defending world champion, uh, he didn't do too well. Evan Dunphy, who has been on the show before, the race walker, I think he came in 15th. Yeah, just across the board, it wasn't great results for Canada. And I don't know, some of it's probably sickness, some of it injury, and some of it's just bad luck. Well, you know it's bad luck when New Zealand can walk away with a gold medal and Canada can't even walk away with a bronze. Um, and generally, you're, you're pretty decent in the athletes. It's actually interesting here, uh, there's a placing table, obviously, because you get points, I guess, uh, in the IAAF sort of standings. So, I mean, you still finished 14th on the points table, because apparently, according to this, you got two fifth places, uh, five sixth places, two seventh places, and three eighth places, which gives you 30 points. Australia, we finished below you, and we won a freaking gold and a silver medal. So, <laughs> <laughs> go figure. 
Uh, but yeah, we, I mean, for Australia, obviously, uh, Jared, we're, we're still celebrating great Sally Pearson. I mean, she's come back from years and years of injury. I think it's been about two or three seasons, full seasons she's missed. Obviously, she sadly couldn't defend a gold medal at the Olympics last year. Um, but she's come back. She's, uh, won the 100 meters hurdles. Um, it's her, I think it's her second world championship gold. I mean, Sally Pearson, who doesn't love Sally Pearson, Jared? She is the, Australia's every woman. Yeah, idiots don't love Sally Pearson. Um, <laughs> she's just such a such a legend, and, and her reactions every like every time she's in a race and, and she wins or comes second or whatever, like her reactions are just like the icing on the cake. I think it's amazing that she's come back, and and like before the event, it was a whole thing of she was like, I'll just be happy with a medal, and then to come away with gold. I think that she's just her technique for hurdling looks like it's so much better than everybody else around her and it's just incredible that she could come back from from injury in that long layoff and win i I think i say this every single time we talk about her just if anybody out there has never seen the interview with her after she won silver in beijing go and watch it it is like the greatest interview you will ever see in tv i was watching that live and i fell in love with her in that moment because i'm like this woman is just like woman down the shops who's just won an olympic medal she doesn't know how to react she's like i won I won a medal! And it's like, she's just awesome. But yeah, good on her, obviously. Because, I mean, I think a lot of what Australia had, and I don't know how it would be for Canada, is a lot of our performance, at least in the Athletics World Championship, we'll talk about the swimming in a second, was kind of like, oh, how are we going to go on the Commonwealth Games next year? Because for Australia, we care more about the Commonwealth Games than we do the World Athletics Championships. Um, but So, I mean, everybody's kind of, you know, Sally Pearson will, I guess, be uh, once again the face of the Commonwealth Games. She will be our number one hope even though we win like 100 gold medals a day we only care that she wins it it was like that in Glasgow I remember Channel 10 had the uh, Commonwealth Games in Glasgow Jared and it basically turned into the day that she won the uh, gold was basically 24 hours rolling coverage of Sally Pearson Um, which I mean look let's be honest it's probably the only day I would be fine with that but uh, we also, we should mention, uh, we also did get a silver medal. Uh, Danny Stevens, uh, who always seems to do well in the world champs, but can never kind of distinguish that into the Olympics. She got a silver in the discus. Uh, she, of course, did win gold uh, back in Berlin. But, um, yeah, I mean, still not quite the levels of Bolt and Pearson and Farrah there. Jared, I mean, I, I don't see the little kids in Australia taking up discus anytime soon because of Danny Stevens. But good luck. Good, good on Danny Stevens. <laughs> Yeah, good on her. The thing is, like, that was so unexpected just because she's, I feel like discus athletes, maybe they do just naturally have a a long kind of career, but it seems like she's been around for ages and and to still get, like, results like that, particularly with such a gap between, like, the last great result is is impressive. Well, they don't do much. They just throw a circle. So, I mean... (laughs) Admittedly, it's a heavy circle, but, I mean, you know. Uh, have you ever done discus, Colin? Uh, that's a weird question. I never thought I'd ask you, but, hey, we're uh, on the topic. I mean, I don't know if it's the same in Australia. Usually, right near the end of the school year, you'd have, like, track and field day. So, there'd be, like, discus shot puts up like that there. I don't remember ever doing it well. Um, I guess when I was watching this, my wife couldn't have cared less when I was watching hurdles or... Uh, sprinter or anything like that but every time it was like hammer throw or javelin or discus she was all into it so uh, I don't know maybe maybe some Danny Stevens rubbed off on her we were at the beach the other day and 
I'm just picking up rocks to get my son to learn how to throw it. And she's like, hey, look at me. I'm doing discus. And she's just <laughs> throwing it, not doing it properly. But yeah, discus is caught on there. So Danny Stevens maybe does have the impact of a Mo Farah. I, I was always shot put because I was fat. And that's generally the one that the fat kids did. <laughs> <laughs> I was and tug of war. I got a second place in grade six tug of war. Got to go if, to the inter school championships, and table. we won the first place uh, medal or whatever it was. So, if we're going around the table, Jared, what was your track and field event? <laughs> um, oh, probably eight hundred meters, fifteen hundred. Oh, you're the middle distance man. I like it. <laughs> I was. Ter- I could just tell you, I was the worst high jumper in history. Oh, God, me where too. <laughs> there were special needs kids in my class that got it, and the the gym teacher held me back for recess to teach me how to do it one-on-one. <laughs> uh, but long jump, I will say, long jump, I was the king of long jump. I remember high school, um, I just wanted to do all the field events, because I think in primary school we didn't really, like, you did tug of war, but there was no field events in primary school. It was just all running. The best one I always had in primary school was the obstacle course. You know, you had to, like run like you know five meters take the shoes off go through hoops get in a sack jump around a witch's hat uh, you know, it was just it was just fun but yeah like high school i was like fuck yeah we get to do field events i'm gonna do everything and then grade eight i realized i suck at everything so i'm just gonna sit and watch <laughs> do they put you on a scale and say shot put <laughs> um i don't think they do with the field events. i know they did in the in the sprinting and i remember i think grade eight because like, it was all voluntary you didn't have to go in it but i think grade eight you know, I had a shit time in high school. Everyone hated me. But I think it was the last time I ever competed, you know, in my outstanding athletics career. And I was put in the lowest division of the 100 metres in grade eight. And I got dead last. So, <laughs> there was a photo that was in, like, the newsletter of me, like, flailing my arms around. <laughs> You were so hated in high school that they would look for bad pictures of you to publish. <laughs> they would literally, the only time they'd put my name in the newsletter is if, like, I got a letter published in TV Week or something like that. So... <laughs> did you, um, did you by any chance do so poorly in the 100 meter because you were holding a giant ball under your chin <laughs> trying to toss it? Where's this junk foot? <laughs> Yeah, it didn't quite work. Yeah, that's exactly. I was so good at the 100 metres. I was the same bolt that had to kind of, you know, weight me down. Um, I, I should just mention uh, one of our gold medal favourites, uh, our walker, Dane Bird-Smith. Um, he sadly only got sixth in the walk, but uh, in the 20k walk, but it was still a personal best. So, um, obviously, not quite up to the scratch of what he was hoping, but... Um, yeah, I think for us, Jared, I mean, the World Athletics Championships, we're always more into the World Swimming Championships, which I think we should probably get into now. Um, but, I mean, it was still... Um, I think we, Were we more successful in the Athletics Championships, Jared, than we were the Swimming Championships? I kind of feel like we were. <laughs> you pulled a it's Canada. a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, okay, we won three gold in the... Well, this is the Aquatics Championship, so they lump in diving into this as well and open water swimming and synchronised swimming. I know we didn't win a gold in synchronised swimming, but uh, so the, the World Swimming Champ... The World Aquatics Championship, sorry, were recently also held. They were in Budapest uh, in the end of July. Uh, now, we, Australia, we came out of it with um, three gold, five silver, four bronze, but yes... Our solitary gold in swimming came from Emily Seabomb. Not even the Campbell sisters could fucking bring back the gold. Uh, we had a woeful meet. Our other two golds came in diving. We got Madison Keeney won the one-metre springboard. And apparently high diving's a thing now. Rhiannon 
Iceland, Ifland, the next big sporting name in Australia, won the women's high diving. Jared, what the fuck happened? Why why did we all of a sudden turn Canada into the swimming? I mean, we won one gold. What's going on? I don't know. Our swimming is going down the drain, um, which, in a way, I suppose is a positive that comes from this, is the next time that the Summer Olympics on, all the Commonwealth Games, we don't have to show swimming for the whole of the event. <laughs> um but I don't, like, what is the deal? This is like our one event that is like, oh, yeah, it's swimming. We'll, we'll be right. We'll we'll rack up a couple of gold here, and, and you can just kind of guarantee that that's where the majority of our medals are going to come from. But it seems like that's changing, and there's nothing replacing it. It's just swimming is dead. You, you know you suck in swimming when France win the same amount of gold medals as you do in <laughs> swimming. Um, and they get France. They got six gold in total, and I'm seeing here they won. They won like four gold in open water swimming. Um, is that even a sport? Um, they also got, well, they award golds, don't they? <laughs> they also award gold in dressage. It doesn't make it a sport. Um, but I mean, like even fucking like Britain, Britain are beating us in swimming. This is not good. Like, we shouldn't... There are, there are certain sports we should never lose to Britain in. One of them is swimming. Like, this... If we go to the Commonwealth Games next year in our own backyard and we lose to Britain in swimming, I'm done. I'm I'm going to New Zealand. Like, I'm, I'm out. Like, that's it. I can't even fathom this. And I don't know if you were paying much attention to the media coverage of it, Jared, but, like, it started off all like, you know, oh, you know... Bad day for Australia. We only got a silver and a bronze, but Mac Horton's swimming tomorrow. So there we go. Oh, Mac Horton didn't win, but the Campbell sisters are swimming tomorrow. By the end of the day, at the end of the coverage, they're literally coming into the, the sports bulletins. Great day for Australia at the World Swimming Championships. We won a bronze. Yeah, somebody <laughs> jumped in the pool today. Yeah, it, was like, <laughs> it was literally just like it got to a point where our media is like, fuck, we suck at swimming. What's going on? Um, I mean, I just, I just really don't know what to, to think of this. Does this mean, like, I think you're right though, Jared, come 2020, we're, we're going to slow down on the swimming. But like, this kind of backs up my point, I feel, that we talked a little bit about last year, that Australia was so disappointed that we did so poorly in Rio. Whereas I always say like, no, we kind of peaked in the 2000s and we're kind of back to where we were 20 years ago. This is kind of normal. Do you think maybe we can start to take that on board again properly? And as Australians realise it's not normal for us to win more than 10 gold medals in Olympic Games, it's kind of normal for us to win like seven, eight or nine and just be satisfied with one or two gold medals in swimming like we should be? No, I don't think we'll ever take that tack. Um, <laughs> Once we've reached double figures, it's like, we're never going back. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting. Surely this calls for the push to host like the Olympics, the next bid, because just so we can get our medal count back up. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes in, in uh, the Gold Coast next year. Colin, Canada, I mean, you also won a gold medal in swimming, the same mm. amount as Australia. When can Canada ever say we won the same amount of gold medals in a major <laughs> swimming meet as Australia? That's like us saying, yeah, we won as many gold medals in ice hockey as Canada did that year at the Olympics. Um, Kylie Mass. Is it Mass or Massey? Oh. She, uh, I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay, well, let's go with Mass. Let's um, call her Mass. Uh, she won the 100 metres uh, backstroke. Uh, but our mm. dear old favourite, beloved Penny Alexiak, she couldn't back up her Olympic form. She only got two bronze. What's going on with Penny? 
Yeah, and the bronze she won uh, were in medleys and, um, or, or sorry, relays uh, as well. So it wasn't even individual. With Kylie Mass, it sort of came out of nowhere because back in Rio, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know if she won anything, but she definitely was on the radar. Like our swimming really took off at Rio and she wasn't really even in the top five swimmers that you would hear mentioned. And not only did she win gold, she kind of set a semi-record with it. It's kind of complicated the way that they... <laughs> records with this type of jumpsuit, you know? That's kind of the way that uh, they rank them now. But, I mean, she's our new star here. Penny's kind of a thing of the past, it seems. Like, she just exploded here overnight. Penny peaked. Penny's done. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at Kylie Mass. I-, I like Kylie Mass. She seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> Come on the show, Kylie. <laughs> Ben's future wife. Uh, is... This one's of legal age, Ben. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, I can say this about Kylie Mass. She is. She's definitely of legal age. So, um, uh, yeah, but good on you, Kylie. Um, I mean, the US shattered, shattered everywhere, of course they did. Um, Russia were allowed to compete again. So, um, they got third. The drugs clearly kicked in for them. I mean, again, Malaysia got a fucking gold medal in the world. Athletics. <laughs> like North Korea got a silver and a bronze. I didn't think they were allowed to swim. It's just them practicing swimming out of the country. Uh, what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, diving wise, though, Canada did okay. You got yeah. a silver and two bronze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, well, we always win something in diving. <laughs> diving is kind of one of Canada's national events. And Jennifer Abel, uh, she, she's mostly a synchronized diver. Uh, I didn't even realize it was as big of a deal until this was over, but I guess she kind of set the Canadian record for the most um, medals ever won in diving from a Canadian. And we've had ones who, uh, we had one diver who just retired, I think, back in London, and she had medaled in all four Olympics she competed in. So for Jennifer Abel to have done that, it's a huge deal, uh, especially after she changed her diving partner. So, uh, another big star in Canada. Well, I mean, we, we have so many stars in the water. What's wrong with you? <laughs> because it's not fro. I don't know. You, it's global warming. Everything's getting hotter. You got to swim in it now than skate on it. Um, I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't gel over uh, Madison Keeney winning gold in the one meter springboard. I mean, she got bronze in Rio in the three meters uh, synchronized. But uh, I mean, great for you know diving. We kind of do ever, do well every now and then. And I mean, this high diving. If this, I don't know if this is a, an Olympic sport yet. But uh, Rihanna Iceland, Iceland, uh, apparently well, a cliff diving world champion, and now she's the world champion in normal high diving. I don't know. <laughs> Also, uh, I don't know if this is new. I don't remember watching it a few years ago, but uh, the mixed relay was kind of yes. an interesting idea that they had. That, I think they've just introduced that, haven't they, for the, the Tokyo Games from memory. I believe that is mm-hmm. going to be a new event, uh, which, uh, look, I think it's a... Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think it's a, it's an interesting aspect. I know the Youth Olympics have done that pretty much ever since they've been uh, around. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for the... I, is anyone here anti-mixed relay? <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know. Just you another are, event. Then you're the, sexist. Yeah, just another event for the Campbells to choke in. So um, <laughs> I'm all for it. Hello to the Campbells. If you're listening, you're not. You're probably choking somewhere. Um, I actually just quickly before we move on, uh, I should have mentioned um, my beloved Eliza McCartney only got seventh in the pole vault uh, at the World Championships. I'm a bit disappointed there. Uh, nine. Was that because Sorry. doing it in a pool? Because we're talking about that. <laughs> no, but I know I'm backtracking. But I just I forgot to mention. I just saw a picture of her on my screen and I got excited. So uh, ninth. And 
Can, can we also mention Katinka Hozu, the Hungarian Iron Lady? Yes. Dominating that, in her own country? Of, of course. Um, I paid attention to that, but no, we should, yes. <laughs> the, the, ever, the funny Hungarians laughed all the way whenever she won a gold yeah. medal. <laughs> just so personable about that. So, um, indeed. Now, uh, just we've got other things to cover here, but um, just we want to touch on the, the Canada Games, Colin. Um, now, explain to Jared and our listeners who aren't Canadian, uh, what the fuck are the Canadian games? Because clearly, you haven't been listening to The Brink, one of our other shows now available via iTunes. You wouldn't know what these are. Well, first, I'll, I guess I'll do a bit of backtracking first before moving on with that. I just wanted to bring up, you mentioned Mac Horton, uh, something that we mentioned on your other show, The Brink, that you can download. Can you get it on iTunes? Or of course is you it can, cool Colin. Of course you can. Sure. Download now. <laughs> Uh, where I mentioned watching this event and asking my one-year-old son, he'd usually respond, you're like, hey, are we cheering for this person? Huh, and he'd kind of grunt and ask him, you want to cheer for Mac Horton? And I kept probing him, like, come on, do you want to go for Mac? Come on, let's cheer for Mac. You think Mac's going to win? And nothing happens. And of course, the race is over. I'm like, all right, Casper, you got that one. (laughs) (laughs) She just didn't know on any part of Mac before that. Yeah, neither does Australia. Uh, We're over Mac Horton. We're on the Sun Yi or whatever his name is, Bam. What's the guy's name? The Boo Rang? No, that's the mascot. Boo Rang? <laughs> who's, who's the one who beats, who, like, they got into the War of Words with last year? Su Oh, yeah. The one he yeah. splashed water at? Yeah. <laughs> the splash. <laughs> it's not Su Rang. Fucking hell, this is not good. Splash game. The Chinese guy. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he won the yeah. gold. <laughs> he did. The guy we can't remember the name of, he's a gold medalist. Yeah, what a legend of China. Let's talk about Ryan Lochte. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Don't ever mention that name on this show again. Anyway, the Canada Games. <laughs> Canada Games. Speaking of Ryan Lochte, I noticed I think uh, it was Team BC Volleyball decided to all bleach their hair silver like Lochte, their hero. I don't know. No, the Canada Games are basically, uh, I guess they're. this is the 50th anniversary. They were created in 67. And the idea behind them is kind of a prep for the Olympics for Canadian athletes. It, it's for younger athletes. and depends on the sport you're in some sports you have to be under 22 some of them like i found out in swimming you have to be under 15 as we met a swimmer from northwest territories that was 17 years old and unwilling to or unable to compete uh, because she was too old Uh, but they use it as a way to prepare them just for the whole experience of the olympics and uh it's just the provinces competing against each other and winnipeg is actually the biggest city to ever get the canada games so we were able to spend two weeks kind of living out mini, <laughs> not really Olympics, Olympics here in Winnipeg. It was actually a lot of fun. We got to see quite a few events, and the tickets weren't too expensive because compared to what you'd get if you were at the Olympics or Commonwealth Games or Pan Am Games. And we got to go to the closing ceremonies, which was a lot of fun, too. And just to confirm for people, again, who didn't listen to the brink, but did Canada win the medal tally? Canada won every medal ah. except for one. And what was it, that one that they didn't win? Uh, well, that was the best podcast host on the Canada Games, which went to Ben Waterworth on the brink. <laughs> oh, I'm on <laughs> Which was the only nominee. <laughs> Can I put myself now as a Canada Games gold medalist? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, the only podcaster on it. I, I, mean, I, was, I was fascinated. I mean, in all seriousness, people should listen to sort of our coverage on the brink. It was very fascinating. And I mean... 
this was this your because I think you didn't go to you've talked about the Pan Am Games in '99, but I mean this was your first real taste of like a multi-sport event, I guess. I mean, is it something yeah. that uh, you know, kind of you're going around thinking like, wow, imagine if this was the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, you know, something on a bigger scale? And does this kind of make you want to? Not that I'm sure you didn't need any encouraging to go to an Olympics, but like make you want to go to something like a bit bigger, even more. No, I mean I. Uh, remember when the Pan Am Games were here, I was just watching 24-7, and every single day I was asking somebody to go to an event with me. I kind of was too timid to go on my own. Uh, but the, I, I remember telling my wife Jamie just before this came, you know, she's like, oh, can we really afford to go this or this and this? And I'm like, I missed out on this years ago. <laughs> it's like, I missed out on going to Vancouver because I ended up, uh, it was a voluntary layoff, but I didn't have the same income coming in. My plan was to go to Vancouver even just for one day, you know, at one point I was debating going to Sochi. I'm already talking about maybe going to Los Angeles, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but this is sort of my dream, and it didn't matter to me that, you know, these are uh, just Olympians of the future. Some of the ones we saw, I guarantee we're going to see in Tokyo. I mean, four years ago, Andre de Grasse was setting records uh, in the track and field at the Canada Games, and now he's, I guess, the successor to a same bowl. And two guys actually beat Andre de Grasse's Canada Games record just this uh, uh, past games here in Winnipeg. So it kind of was just like, you know, mini Olympics. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it kind of reminded me of all the Olympic stuff last year and got me into it. Went out to the Canada Games store last night and got their 50% off merchandise before they closed out. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much just living everything. I mean, there's some events that were free. Uh, I would just take like a few minutes. The the coolest I think we talked about was the um, uh, cross-country mountain biking. They built the course behind my work, so I kind of had to hike 10 minutes up a hill and then watch the last place racer across the finish line in the relay. <laughs> you know, the, the tennis was a free event. We were able to go and spend a Saturday sitting front row there and watching a Quebec coach and an Ontario player have an argument. <laughs> <laughs> there's There's a lot of drama that goes on in these things. Ah, uh, wow. I, I, I kind of want to see that now. Quebec versus Ontario. French versus non-French. Um, <laughs> I tried to get my cat. I will say, I will post a video, hopefully in the next week or so, about all the stuff that we did get to see here. Um, I tried to run my camera when that fight was going on. By the time I got the camera running, it was over. I was like, all right, sorry, we're done. Yeah, because typical Canadians, the fight's over before it begins. Because it's like, oh, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, oh, sorry, 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 sorry about that, sorry about that. Um, I also want to talk about just quickly the closing ceremonies which we got tickets to uh, the tv coverage was pretty awful here and there was no way for something like this year we're going to sell out forty thousand seats in winnipeg but you know even ten thousand seats was good if they had held it indoors uh, it was great to go to though like they didn't cheap out because it was a canada games like this was in some ways felt as big as an olympic games closing ceremonies you know performances and the speeches we had our version of Thomas Bach, we had our Olympians there, uh, all the athletes on the field. Uh, the closing ceremonies was actually much bigger than I thought it would be. Uh, this kind of just, I, I know you and I talked about it on the brink, but I'll bring this up to Jared. Um, I mean, I'd like to see in Australia Games, wouldn't you? I mean, obviously with uh, the Canada Games, it's all about, you know, Ontario and Quebec dominating everyone. Poor old Prince Edward Island and all these, you know, territories do shit. But like, could you imagine, Jared, the, the Australia Games, you know, who will win the medal tally? It'll be New South Wales, Victoria. Victoria, Queensland, and can Tasmania get a fifth place? I mean, I, I would, I would love to watch it. Yeah, I'm all for state versus state competitions. I think, yeah, the Australia Games 
um, make it happen. Just yeah, and just call it the Australia Games, like not the Australia Games, <laughs> the Australia Cunt Games. That's generally what we say. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said the c word on this show before, but that just happened. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jared, you you obviously, I know we talked about you being in Sydney 2000 competing because clearly you won all the golds, but. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm now the only one here who hasn't been to a multi-sport event because I'm similar to huh. Colin about like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely go to Sydney 2000, Ben, never did. Oh, we'll definitely go to Melbourne 2006, Ben, never did. Um, but, yeah, Jared, I mean, I guess we can transition into the Commonwealth Games a little bit. I know I'm going to them. I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, are you planning on going to the Commonwealth Games next year, Jared? Uh, it's not on my radar at the moment, but... There's still time. <laughs> are you excited for the Commonwealth Games, though, or is this kind of just fading out again? Because I feel, I feel every time the Commonwealth Games comes on, there is now officially more, why are they still a thing, than, oh, we're excited for them. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Any chance for Australia to actually win some medals and, and be near the top of the medal tally, um, it's worth it. But I, I am so worried about these, though, Jared, because, I mean, again, we lost to England in Glasgow, which, okay... You know, they'd kind of had all this money injected into them. They're not druggies, but, like, because of London two years ago, before the Glasgow Games, they had a lot of this going on. And, um, you know, England's kind of near Scotland, uh, so they kind of had a little bit of hometown advantage. But, like, in, since those games, they've even gotten even better, I feel. They obviously, what, were second on the medal tally in Rio last year. They've just beaten us at the Swimming World Championships. Jared, are you worried that we might lose the medal tally at our own Commonwealth Games? We can't have, make that happen. I'm sure they'll find some way to rig it. We'll claim a couple of non-Australians and, <laughs> and just add their medals to our tally like we normally do. We, we just are you re- aiming... To be the Manitoba of the Commonwealth Games? <laughs> what, like, not do anything well, or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a source of pride as an Australian that the only form of me not wanting to be a republic and not get separate from the Commonwealth is we remain in the Commonwealth Games. Because, again, as I always say, this is like what America feels like at the Olympics. It's like you wake up every day, and rather than, oh, we won a silver and a bronze, it's like, oh, sadly, we only won 13 gold overnight. Bit of a disappointing day for Australia. And the thing that I love about them, too, is the fact that, like, Everybody knows the name of every gold medalist at the Olympics in Australia because, you know, we win like seven, ten, whatever. So you know them. They're on stamps. Like, legitimately, there are Commonwealth Games gold medalists in fucking squash and lawn bowls that will come up on screen three years later and it will say, like, Jared Lubeek, Commonwealth Games gold medalist. And you're like, oh, did they win it? Oh, that's nice. Good for them. <laughs> it's like, whereas if it's Olympic Games gold medalist, like, oh, they're awesome. It's like, oh, Commonwealth Games gold medalist. That's something. Um, I mean, it's, it's like you go to the Commonwealth Games if you're in Australia and if you don't win a gold, you're a failure. Uh, it's just, I love them. They're great. I'm going. Can I just say, I got a job at the Commonwealth Games, people. Sadly, this show doesn't pay me much money. Uh, but I have to go there. So um, I'm very excited about that. I just thought I'd point that out. Um, so sorry to everybody who's going to go to the Commonwealth Games if I break them or something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Can you Look, bring- no, We need you there to fiddle with the medal tally. Okay, I'll do that. I'll go to the... Oh, what's that? Australia only won three gold today. Make it 30. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess another thing we should talk about is how close that's going to be to the Winter Olympics. I mean, yes. we're going to be kind of like a month apart Ah, uh, yeah, sort of a month and a half. I think the Commonwealth Games begin uh, 4th of April, and I think the Olympics finish, what, 
February 20 or something, I'm no doubt. But yeah, we, I mean, we're going to be covering both. I know we're an Olympics podcast, so we shouldn't really be coming the Commonwealth Games. But um, I mean, they're sort of the same, kind of. <laughs> Just cover the Canada Games. You're going to draw the line at Commonwealth? Well, I mean, you know, 100% of our hosts on here are affected by the Commonwealth Games. 33% of the hosts are affected by the... I mean, you know, we could always cover the the netball world championships if you want to <laughs> i mean jared, jared probably got a bit excited thinking about that um but i mean yeah we're, we're going to cover it uh, it's now uh what is it less than 200 days to go i believe uh to the commonwealth games and obviously the same for the we're going to be busy in february march and april next year let's be honest um but yeah that's the commonwealth games we'll probably do more of a preview episode i feel of those getting closer we don't really have anything to talk about the Winter Olympics. Uh, they're still happening. Uh, North Korea haven't destroyed that part of Korea. So, um, Colin, anything to add on the Winter Olympics? Is anything happening in Canada in the Winter Olympics right now in terms um, of news? Or I'm pretty sure we brought this up last time, but uh, I guess the Olympian that we had, or not quite an Olympian, we had Andy Naughty uh, right after, like the week that our interview went up, ended up... Uh, I guess pre-qualifying to uh, be on the the moguls team for Team Canada. So, just congratulations to Andy Naughty. If we didn't thank you or um, congratulate you two or three months ago, the last time that we talked about the Winter Olympics, clearly because of our interview. That's why. Um, yeah, she had yeah. the, the extra publicity <laughs> help. So yes. you're welcome, is what I should say, Andy Naughty. Exactly. Well done, Andy. Good job. I follow her on Instagram. We, we, we're just bragging about who we follow on Instagram. It's not like <laughs> anyone else can't do that in the world. I'm so unique. Um, but yeah, obviously we're, we're hoping to have some more interviews in the lead up. So, uh, stay tuned to that. Now, just a couple of other things we'll talk about. Um, actually just on the Commonwealth Games really quickly, uh, for those who listen to all our other shows, download the Oz Network now via iTunes and all those other channels. Uh, we were just talking about Simon Baker <laughs> on our yeah. um, Day of the Dead episode. How amazing is Simon Baker? He's like an ambassador or something for the Commonwealth Games because he was just the Gold Coast uh, Twitter account posted a picture of him like all in his Gold Coast shirt with the Queen's Baton Relay talking about the Commonwealth Games. So if you've ever wanted to see a very attractive Tasmanian talk about the Commonwealth Games, come to my house and then you can also look at Simon Baker talking about the Commonwealth Games. So uh, just get excited. Um, The Olympics in terms of the bids. Now, this is a big story, I think, that uh, we should have really done a whole episode on, but, hey, we can talk about it quickly here. Uh, Obviously, we knew for 2024, kind of the only bidders basically whittled down to Paris and and Los Angeles. That was due to be officially announced uh, pretty much uh, September, I'm seeing here in Peru at the 131st IOC session. But uh, after long talks and discussions, it kind of basically has been decided uh, that Paris will host in 2024, Los Angeles will host in 2028. Um, look, I'm going to say this straight out. I think this is a good idea. I think it kind of worked out well, given you only had two candidate cities. Uh, so why not basically, you know, do this? Uh, I know it's sort of been unpopular with some people, but in a day and age when the Olympics and bidding for them isn't really as uh, popular as it used to be, given the costs and everything along those lines, I think this kind of makes sense. And um, I, for one, even though France are fucking going to be hosting it, um, I'm kind of excited that they've done this. Uh, Jared, I don't know. I mean, do, do you like how they've done this and just basically said, oh, you know, LA, you're going to lose anyway, so we'll give you the next ones? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a fair way to do it. Um, I mean, it's not really that interesting. I'm more interested for uh, Flynn Flon's bid for the Winter Olympics, <laughs> yeah. so just still keeping a keeping a keen eye on that. 
Yeah. Be hopeful. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Colin, I mean, do you have any thoughts on kind of them doing this? No, I mean, I actually like uh, not having to wait several years to find out and, uh, you know, I guess giving it to the second highest bidder. In a way, the second highest bidder always ends up getting it a few years anyways. I remember when Vancouver won the bid for uh, 2010. At that point, I think Pyeongchang was second place in uh, the the uh, final round of bids. But uh, I guess my biggest complaint is more just that we're getting very, uh, I guess, developed major cities. And I know a lot of people took a lot of shots at Rio instead of actually looking at it and saying, well, the Olympics is about seeing all these different parts of the world. And if we're just holding it in London or Los Angeles or Tokyo or Beijing every single time, we're not really getting a lot of the world. And I kind of like being able to go to these different cities uh, that aren't as large, aren't as developed and maybe not quite even completely third world, but second world, let's say. And it just feels like we're getting Tokyo, we're getting Paris, we're getting Los Angeles. We're just kind of getting cities that we've had before and maybe not a lot of variety. And also, are we really getting cities that are going to benefit so much from the games? Like, does Los Angeles need more revenue? Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I was always kind of excited when you had these, you know, cities bidding. You're like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like when Budapest literally, you know, I know it would have been a very boring, unhappy games, but like it still would have been <laughs> exciting to have Budapest as an Olympic city. And I agree with everything you said. And I also like the whole pizzazz behind the big reveal, the vote, you know, everyone in Australia knows the famous, the winner is City. You know, that you just showed over and over again. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Rio winning it there, you know, I just always remember that photo that they put out just before they, um, you know, won that election, that map of the world where they're like, this is where all the Olympics have been held. There have been none in South America. So, you know, obviously, you know, we can't have that with like an African city or something like that because they're the only continent now that haven't had it. So, yeah, it's it's disappointing. I mean, look, let's be honest, Paris had to get it eventually because, I mean, kind of going what you said there about how it's generally the runners-up, I think Paris have basically bid for every Olympics in the last 500 years. Yeah. Uh, so they were due to win eventually. <laughs> Actually, um, and look, they this is they will be what the second Olympic city behind London to have it three times, which sounds way too many. But you actually kind of analyze it; they haven't had it since 1924, so yeah. they are kind of due. As much as I fucking hate the place, but um, it's still <laughs> it will be interesting. And LA, look, I'm excited for LA. Uh, they'll also be a three-time Olympic host city. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the USA were definitely due to host an Olympics. I mean, it kind of seems weird the fact that they'll go into this being what, uh, 26 years since they've hosted any form of the Olympics, yeah. 32 years since the Summer Olympics. Um, and like as a city, I've been to LA multiple times. I, I would have much preferred, say, a New York hosting it or Boston when they were bidding it, you know, like a, a different city in the US. But, um, I'd be interesting to see how LA will do. Uh, but I mean, I think, it makes it a higher chance that I could go to it as well, not as an athlete, but um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I th- I'm just disappointed though that we won't have these elections again. As I said, you know, where's the surprise going to be in September? The winner is Paris. <gasps> I didn't expect that. Um, and you know, but now LA, because it's usually what seven years you have to build your Olympics. So mm-hmm. LA have an unfair advantage. You've got 11 years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just also... Well, yeah, sorry, go, Colin. Well, I was just going to say, uh, maybe, like, you talk about how long it's been since America's had the Olympics. 
there was probably a little bit of burnout prior to that, and I would have guessed that they could have gotten it for New York or Boston prior to this, except for the fact that if you really looked at it, you get Los Angeles in 84, Athens 96, and then only six years later, Salt Lake City. Yeah, probably a little bit of America burnout after a while, but I, I personally feel like it's been long enough, and I can drive to most of these places, <laughs> and I'm okay with them going back to Los Angeles because I think it's still something that we haven't seen in the Olympics for a long time. Well, New York obviously failed 2012. Chicago burned big time in 2016, but um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, look, it's kind of like it's like Asia, isn't it? Like we're going to have a massive Asia burnout with the next three Olympics yeah. are all in Asia, you know, Pyeongchang, Tokyo, and Beijing. So, uh, and then Beijing in just a few years ago too. Yeah, well, exactly. So uh, it's, I mean, it, it's more. I think of a state of kind of just. Uh, there's a lot more issues around bidding. Obviously, the IOC are trying to rectify that by making uh, you know smaller cities possibly being able to host and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, you, you know, I guess we can do a whole episode on this down the track. But I mean, if you just kind of look at the the ones now that we won't know about. I mean, the 2026 Winter Olympics. Obviously, the people who are kind of throwing their um, hats in the ring. I mean, Calgary look like they're going to be bidding Colin, which is exciting. Um, so, uh, but then uh, looking at Innsbruck, are going to put their hat up. Uh, Sapporo, Japan. We know that's not going to happen, Japan. So don't bid for it. Uh, but then we've got Sion in Switzerland, and the amazing place of Erzurum in Turkey. Uh, oh. <laughs> what a games they would be! Yeah, <laughs> the, the great Erzurum. And where's Egypt, Jared? Yeah, where's your Egypt Winter Olympic Egypt? bid? <laughs> I've signed lots of confidentiality agreements about that. So, um, <laughs> that, that was really your trip. Hush, hush. It was a it was yeah. a diplomatic mission from the Olympics <laughs> to get it there. joint joint hosting with Australia. Yes, because clearly that makes sense. Well, well yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, if Donald Trump become president, uh, a co Winter Olympic bid between Egypt and Australia also makes sense. Um, but well, what we should just really quickly mention, obviously, now it turns to who will bid in 2032 for the Summer Olympics. But it does officially look like Australia will bid for the 20. 32 Olympics. Sadly, the Hobart bid, which was just so popular for five minutes. Um, again, we've been overlooked because it officially looks like Brisbane will be our next bid city. It's always kind of been on the cards. Jared, I'm going to say a very unpopular opinion here. Uh, I think they should put Melbourne up again. I mean, Melbourne legitimately could host these Olympics tomorrow. It is the sporting capital of the world. I know they've hosted it before, but I mean, Brisbane versus Melbourne... Brisbane's okay, <laughs> but, like, come on. Melbourne surely should have to have another crack, shouldn't they? I think so. I'd be keen to go to a Melbourne Olympics. I mean, I literally live an hour from the place on a plane, so, I mean, I'm just being biased. But, uh, look, again, nothing against Brisbane. I like Brisbane, and obviously, you know, the Gold Coast is down the road from Brisbane, so we'll see how they go, but... Uh, in the Commonwealth Games, that is. So, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, we're bidding for the next Olympics, which are not for another 20, uh, no, 15 years. Get your maths correct there, Ben. Uh, now, before we close out, just a couple of uh, sad, obviously, bits of news that we've had uh, recently. Uh, in only the, the last few days, uh, one of our gold medalists from uh, Athens, uh, he was part of the 4,000 metres track pursuit team uh, for Australia, Stephen Waldridge, sadly, uh, passed away. And, of course, also uh, the the legendary Betty Cuthbert uh, also died very recently. Now, Jared, uh, I'm going to guess you're probably very similar to me. Didn't know a whole lot about Stephen uh, Waldridge. I mean, I remember vividly us winning all those cycling gold in, in Athens. But, I mean, we'll talk about Betty Cuthbert separately. It's probably a weird question. I'd, again, I don't know how much you knew about the guy. You might have been his best mate. I don't know. Um, obviously sad about uh, Stephen Waldridge, though. Yeah, obviously, it's always 
disappointing when somebody loses their life and um i suppose particularly when it's a, a public figure who's who's done so well for the country it kind of adds that level to things. Yeah, 39 years old. Um, he also won four world championships outside the Olympics and also uh, Commonwealth Games silver medalist. Uh, lots of tributes coming out to him uh, during the week. Uh, he was also inducted into the New South Wales Sports Hall of Fame uh, in 2015. So, um, yeah, very sad and uh, mental health issues. I uh, believe he took his own life. So, uh, obviously... Not not good news there, and uh, obviously we pass our regards on to uh, Stephen's family and friends. Uh, and also, yeah, Betty Cuthbert, um, I mean, look, we're trying to explain a little bit to Betty, uh, about Betty to Colin, because, uh, I mean, she's just an icon of not just athletics in Australia, but of sport in general, one of the, the greatest female athletes this country's ever produced. Uh, I mean, Jared... Everybody in this country knew who Betty Cuthbert was. I mean, she's up there with Dawn Fraser, Ian Thorpe, as just a legend of Australian Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. And I think somebody like with such a big legacy, obviously she's inspired a lot of the other athletes. I think it was um, Sally Pearson came out like this week saying about how like growing up, like she was a big inspiration to her at like her achievements and stuff. So um yeah, it's really sad, but she she did obviously a lot for the sport and a lot for the country. She had a, a state funeral during the week. Uh, she, um, she, I mean, she was one of the torchbearers coming into the stadium uh, for Sydney 2000. She was often, you know, rumoured to be one of the people who was going to light the torch. Uh, I mean, you know, just records. I mean, she was four-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, she's the only, uh, I think, not just uh, woman, but athlete in general, male or female, to win uh, the 100, 200, and 400 uh, gold medals in the Olympics. Not at the same games, but she won the 100 and 200 in Melbourne in 1956, and then she went on to win the 400 metres in Tokyo. I mean, that's that's just outstanding. I mean, swimming, I think it's been done probably. Uh, uh, maybe somebody can correct me on that. But, I mean, athletics is a little bit different. Colin, you're obviously into the athletics, but, I mean, could you ever imagine somebody winning the 100, 200, and 400 metres? I mean, that that's insane. Even Usain Bolt didn't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, that speaks volumes for itself. But, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit off air about the fact that, um, you know, behind uh, Ian Thorpe, you know, before Thorpe came out and won uh, all the medals he did, she was uh, equal uh, most ever gold medals won by an Australian Olympian. Um, and just an icon. I mean, we've seen a lot of interviews with, you know, Dawn Fraser throughout the week about they were very good friends and one of the nicest people, apparently, that you would ever come across. Uh, she has a, a statue outside the MCG. Uh, just just a legend of Australia, so uh, very sad news there. Uh, Colin, any Canadians died recently? Uh, I mean, I don't want to make a joke out of it, but, I mean, I feel we're tributing Australians here. I mean, I don't know if that's happened in Canada. No. Um, yeah, that's good. That's I'm good news. <laughs> very, very touched that you're feeling bad that so many Canadians are left alive here. <laughs> Damn it, why are no Canadians dying? here. Um. Yeah, I mean, Betty Cuthbert here also named an Australian national treasure in 1998. That's an, that's an honour. How do you get named a national treasure? Um, inducted into the Sporting Hall of Fame in Australia 94 and the Athletics Australia Hall of Fame in the year 2000. A very nice picture of Betty on her Wikipedia page. She's holding a pot plant. So um, she looks like a nice gardener. Um, that's, that's our tribute to Betty Cuthbert. She was a great gardener. That was also her profile picture on Instagram. Which <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> uh, I think we've covered a lot here, folks. Uh, Colin, is there anything else we haven't covered in the most random out there episode? But I think we've done well. 
We've covered at least three months worth, so uh, stay tuned three months when the three of us will finally come together again. Now, I should mention, though, uh, I did touch on interviews possible that we've got coming up. I mean, I know we've got nothing locked in place unless you have and you haven't told us. Um, but, no, I mean, uh, yeah. you, you have. Oh, shit. Breaking news. What's happening? Well, I mean, I didn't mention this. Term. I probably would have been better to mention it during the Canada Games one, but uh, we had, like, a festival here every night, like, with uh, bands and uh, different acts and everything, and each one was emceed by somebody, and they had a couple of Olympians here to emcee it. One was Katrina LeMaydon, who's probably one of our most famous Olympians, the first Canadian ever went back to that gold. Uh, we did not get a response from her, but did get a response from a couple other Olympians, which I'll kind of save winter Olympian for one uh, who definitely is willing to come on the show, even uh, uh, made sure during uh, the festivals to tweet me that uh, she's uh, interested in coming on the show still. So um, that one and then another one who's a rower. So yeah, we got at least a few interviews and then maybe a weightlifter and a soccer player as well if we play our cards right. <laughs> I, I would be more uh, intrigued if they were a weightlifter and a soccer player, like at the same time. Yeah. I mean... That's a, that's a decent Olympian. Uh, Jared, did you hook up any interviews with any Egyptian Olympians while you were over there? <laughs> I did not. Um, oh, but, you um, had one I've job. Got, I've, I've got contacts now, so. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> you know, that's, the only reason we sent you over there is to get an interview with a great Egyptian um, runner called, insert name here, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Emotep. <laughs> yeah, Emotep. <laughs> With Brendan Fraser, the great uh, <laughs> Egyptian explorer. Um, yeah, I've got nothing for you. We're trying to get some stuff organised. So, um, uh, if you're excited for interviews on... Been the, on vacation, people. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I was in America, in Canada. I didn't get anyone. Um, so, stay tuned, though. Uh, we'll see how we go. But, yeah, uh, in all seriousness, it's been a lot of fun doing this episode. We just kind of wanted to come out and uh, do sort of some random things. We thought, we'll talk about Bolt, we'll talk about this, we'll talk about that. But uh, we'll have interviews in the lead-up. We're obviously going to do more on the Winter Olympics the closer they get. Commonwealth Games as well and uh, everything else. And as always, we like to put out there, if you've got suggestions for athletes that you're dying to hear from, you know, the great Egyptian uh, ski jumper, um, <laughs> Muhammad Ski Man, I don't know, um, anyone that you want us to maybe track down, by all means, uh, we will try our best. If their name is the same Bolt, we might struggle to get them on the show, but we will at least always ask the question, just say we're an Optus customer. He's still been sponsored by them, isn't he, Jared? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, by all means, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, like us on Facebook, I should say. You can contact us on there and of course uh, subscribe on itunes you can find all our interviews past episodes everything else in between and uh stay up to date with the olympics at least every three months because that's generally how we roll um jared always a lot of fun thank you for joining us again and uh we say it all the time we won't make it as long between getting you on the show but we probably won't speak to you again till like december or something like that all good good to be back and um yeah look forward to Speaking again at some point in the future. And Colin, uh, yeah, you generally know how I feel about you, so thanks. I'm always happy to make at least one person in Hungary laugh, which I'm sure I did today. That's the hardest thing to do. That's harder than Bolt winning uh, not a gold medal. Uh, But yes, thank you for coming here off the podium. Uh, We'll speak to you next time wherever you're listening to our voice. Good night. Whoop, 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 whoop